Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Deeper Current Podcast. I am your host, Hannah Ruth Dyson. Once again, such a pleasure to be sitting here and, you know, going into this journey together. Um, we never know what's going to take place um, in my own life and then obviously in the in the collective and Wow, it was amazing even just three days after recording the last podcast when I was posting it, how much had changed. And it felt strange to hear myself because um, by by the Monday when I posted, um, for sure all the events were being postponed and I was starting to really feel more and more what many others had already been feeling, this kind of... Um, worry and fear and and pain and and it was mixed up with my personal stuff and um like this big I don't know ocean of emotion <laughs> and I just want to start off this week by saying exactly where you are right now whatever you're feeling whatever you're moving through it is absolutely perfect you have the right to feel your feelings. In fact, it's really necessary and vital to not avoid, not to suppress, but to feel it. And, you know, in these moments of social distancing and um, like potentially isolation, uh, less work potentially, um, and just, you know, life being sort of put on hold to a certain extent, all of our personal stuff can come up to the surface alongside, uh, you know, what's really going on out there. And so, um, as I mentioned, this big ocean of emotion, it's like good to start also wading through it. I've done a lot of wading, I think, this last week to really uh, feel into what is mine, what are like the collective, what is the media, what is, um, you know, people that I know, loved ones, like really tuning into it all. And the beautiful thing is really knowing ourselves, like really knowing ourselves and knowing this too shall pass and knowing, um, you know, what is mine, what's really mine to look at here in this moment. And, um, being signed up for that work now for many years and it keeps getting deeper it doesn't get easier <laughs> um it just is part of it so even though we talk about embracing change and working with the cycles and the seasons um so we become maybe more attuned to that more resilient more uh ready for that when it shows it doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make any of us separate to what is going on. And um, for sure, you know, this pain and fear and anxiety and, and then also mixed with joy and, and excitement and uh, potential, um, it's all part of our experience and somehow just through it all holding compassion for ourselves and compassion for all and I really mean for all, even the ones we may judge as, um, I don't know, either being in denial or, um, I mean, I've heard kind of all sides, people who think it's still like, um, you know, it's still hysteria and it's not um, something to get so caught up in. And there's like judging of people who are, and then, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, people who are, who are judging those who are kind of acting like it's um, 
something else is going on or there is, um, I don't know, focusing on the positives. I don't know, there can be a lot of, um, we have to watch ourselves. There can be a lot of triggering and, and feeling, um, I don't know, all the, again, all the emotions rising up. So watching also when that shows up within ourselves, um, be it judgment or jealousy or a sense of injustice or I don't know, all these things, really just allowing that to integrate within ourselves and really processing what again what is ours and so this is the work and this is what we're here to do and it's kind of like yes this is go time what are all of our tools let's put them into action I don't know about you but wow for one I'm so grateful for my child (laughs) because as soon as I um, go back to seeing the world through his eyes it's like so glorious <laughs> magical beautiful you know there's so much to to explore and to play and um, just the sense of wonder and like beauty and, and all those things and then the tools also of breath like whew, let's do that for a moment like taking a deep breath in and just making a sigh audible sigh I try and do that as often (laughs) as possible really releasing audibly because stuff can very easily get stuck in the body I've also been doing a lot of shaking if you want to right now just shake your body any nice reminders just to release tension and it can just be a moment like I'm struggling right now to find that like clear moment of um I don't know, like uh, my yoga or my meditation or I don't know, I'm kind of merging into this like uh, constantly fluid and flexible being out of necessity because we haven't got our, our rhythm in place right now or our kind of schedule or everything is kind of like we're just kind of moving with the tides as a little family unit and yeah, I have been really wishing for um, my son to go to sleep early, but of course he's been up late and then I've been up really late and I really notice now how good my sleep usually is. Like I've really, yeah, I've been processing, I think, a lot. So yeah, once again, shaking the body, movement, stretching, breathing is always the most simple things. Um, but you know nourishing food drinking plenty of water it's amazing how these simple things can be so transformative and so just coming back to each of them our anchors um and trying to rest as much as possible trying to get that good sleep um i'm really calling that in i really uh yeah i really (laughs) feel frazzled i think because um of lacking that deeper sleep but processing a lot and um, I think it's you know more than ever as well watching how we we clutch for um, control so it can be in the form of a comfort of just checking our phone checking the news checking social media and I have to say on the whole I'm really grateful for my social media feed because it's really only filled with the most beautiful, wise, intelligent <laughs> advice and support. I nearly feel like, wow, I, everyone's in a really good place. And of course, I know my Instagram feed isn't 
necessarily um, symbolic of the whole world, but I'm really, um, I'm really, really amazed to see how many beautiful people are doing, like showing up, showing up and sharing um, the beauty and the, and the guidance and the support and knowing it's okay to not be okay and um, giving interesting insights and, and perspectives. And um, I've kind of, I think as a researcher, I love to get to the truth of things. And <laughs> I have, I think, a healthy, a healthy interest in conspiracies in the sense that I'm interested in truth and if you look in history, if you look at what we know to be true now from the past, uh, we realize that uh, there was you know, so many crazy things that have gone on that at the time people would not, most people would not have believed and I'm sure there were people through every age who were trying to question things and call them out and we, we can so easily brush them all off as conspiracy theory, the theorists and like nearly like disregard it and not um, look at it. And of course, there is also a certain level of conspiracy theories which are kind of sensational and uh, a little bit far-fetched, a little bit, um, I think there should be a healthy dose of questioning. Um, and I'm always a little bit wary of people who seem so certain um, in such a short space of time about a certain set of events or the way something has happened or the why something has happened. And uh, my husband was getting me to watch some of these things and would fall asleep. And then suddenly I was up the whole night thinking about these things, uh, you know, how certain people are going to, you know, take over the world because of this. And I don't know, all the different theories. And Oh, what I always come back to, I mean, I'm interested in hearing different perspectives and viewpoints and I want to stay awake and aware because there are for sure people who take advantage of every disaster, of every economic downturn, of every, you know, you know, disaster capitalism is a really um, well run operation. Like it really is. And so we have to stay awake and aware, but also my, I guess my constant um, self-questioning or what I always come back to is what is really useful in this moment? Um, okay, like a slight awareness of what could be going on and, and, and questioning and um, yeah, kind of at least hearing people out, but also doing your own research and looking at um, what other people are saying on the other side it's really important to kind of flesh out that view um, because we also kind of get addicted to I think like the kind of sensational or the the um, the things that sound really um, exciting and really I don't know like this big conspiracy like this huge conspiracy and um I think it's good to keep a healthy dose of questioning and skepticism. I like, I heard recently this uh, concept of the conspiracy of conspiracies, how there's also <laughs> this conspiracy that a lot of conspiracies are there <laughs> kind of distracting us um, and also still avoiding, like distracting us from what's still really going on. <laughs> I find that really funny. Um, but anyway, what I find really useful is to not, be in the heightened state of sensational into the panic, into the alertness, fight or flight. Like 
ready to kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> go to battle because we're about to, you know, be in a war. And I always say right now, we have no idea what is going to happen and what is going to take place. But what I do know is that um, I don't want to be surprised for anything, um, but maybe maybe I still will be, but I want to really feel good and strong in my body. I want to feel really connected. I want to stay really um, present with my mind for clear thought. I want to be ready to respond to whatever takes place. And I want to take this opportunity of this upheaval, of this, you know, shutting down of this disintegration of our economy where you know big businesses are asking to be bailed out like within just a matter of days of um things being shut down and you know this it's clear that there's no um no strength really or like um capacity to hold any kind of crisis um and it's it's very interesting i heard russell brand mention this that you know, a lot of people judge um, when we talk about welfare, they judge like this idea of giving handouts or, you know, these people should, um, everyone is able to kind of figure things out like I did, you know, anyone can um, become productive and useful in this economy. And um, otherwise, like, why should I be paying for them? Or why should like my money go towards them? They're just, you know, <laughs> useless or so on this is um, some people's perspectives and then right now we see these um when we had the bailouts of the banks in 2008 and right now businesses airlines uh, many companies being asked to be rescued and bailed out and <laughs> receive a handout which is again fascinating it's the exact same thing and so we believe so strongly um, I mean again some people believe so strongly in the economic system uh, free market economy and then a crisis hits and they want to be rescued and saved and then it's just like you know after studying economics you there's this like idealistic idea of a free market economy where the market decides but we've never actually experienced that it's never actually existed because there have always been subsidies, there have always been um, like interventions. There is a lot of collusion and control um, between governments, between businesses, like the it's businesses becoming these huge like mogolith, megaliths, these big, um, huge companies. It's not natural. There is a natural cycle to every um, everything. There's a natural cycle to everything. And when we bolster it, when we keep propping it up, when we keep feeding the beast and we make it like it eats up other companies and it becomes this bigger beast and it's uh, then it's called too big to fail. And there's so much control and power there that um, it becomes really detrimental to uh, like ability to trust you know um the decisions that are being made right now uh there's so much distrust rightly so with pharmaceuticals and the power that they wield you know is like the amount of vaccines on the market like beneficial to greater humanity like is it 
or is it a way of making money? And uh, these are all like, you know, hot topics. <laughs> I don't necessarily go one extreme or the other because um, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I do question everything. And I try and look for the answers. And um, just to <laughs> speak to vaccines for a moment, it seems like... Uh, it seems like the mainstream side, like, which is kind of what I grew up in, you know, the scientific, um, like, judging those who are choosing to opt out of vaccines, like, that kind of mindset. Um, it seems like it's so, it's nearly like a bully to those who, um, to what they call anti-vax um, people. But when I look at the anti-vax side, I mean, there's, okay, plenty of people say like, I'll never go to vaccines, I'm not going to go there. But most of the people that I listen to are just questioning and asking for more research and are questioning many things. And I, again, I don't know. I don't know exactly um I still believe in science and I believe um, vaccines have definitely helped. And um, But then I also question other aspects of it and I question the um, focus on profit over safety, over health. And I, I think there definitely could be things where, um, for example, everyone who has, been, has received a vaccine is also um, in some way monitored or is able to give their um record their experiences because right now there's many people who who say they've had adverse effects afterwards but they have like actually nowhere to go and communicate that to the medical profession and that to me seems like a complete um injustice like we need to have a way of um listening to people and okay you could say in science like this is actually um due to other things and and it's just the coincidence it's with the vaccine or whatever um, but I still think these people need to be heard and there needs to be a healthy dialogue, which I'm not really seeing between the sides. It's like opposing sides and there's nearly like this, like hands over ears and not wanting it to hear. And again, there's bullying, like, uh, like, you know, you're responsible for thousands of deaths if you're ch choosing to just question the vaccines. Um, and so I, I also think there's a very real, like, sense of skepticism and fear of like a, you know a vaccine that's already appeared for this virus and do we all want to say yes to it without um like little testing and this is again just to you know take a healthy look at like where science and the medical profession have many times got things wrong it wasn't that long ago there was a pill that was guaranteed to women to be safe and a whole generation of women who took that pill have made their daughters now infertile and this is now like true we know it's not a conspiracy it's something that really happened and this is not to necessarily have um like a fear and paranoia, which I think can also happen with um, the sort of skepticism or with the conspiracy side. It can be, you know, a little bit paranoia. And, and I really do believe that people in general are doing the best they can. And there's many scientists who and, and medical professions who um, really care about the welfare of people. But once again, want to find the space of healthy dialogue and not immediately shutting down and so 
one of the things that's come up um, with this is also 5G. And I have to admit, I, um, I, I haven't been looking that much into it. I've heard some people's um, over the past months, like um, talking about 5G and warning people about 5G, but I hadn't really looked into it um, myself. And then it's come up um, around this virus uh, because there's, you know, a few things like 5G was really first rolled out in Wuhan and, and most extensively. And, and so there's some questions about, you know, the origins of the coronavirus um, from there and is this related at all? And I don't know, again, I don't know. And I don't want to spread misinformation. I don't want to spread fear and, and panic. And I, I don't know, all these things. But again, trying to find the truth through through that. Because, again, I think a lot of conspiracy theories, and I get sent sometimes from friends and from people I know, these videos, and I start to listen to them. And I'm like, yeah, somehow this person sounds really convincing but still, I don't know exactly where they're getting all that information. And some of it sounds a little bit like um, convoluted and a bit like cherry picking certain bits of information and, and creating this whole kind of hysteria then about 5G. And so once again, you know, staying kind of questioning and really, um, but then I, I have to admit that I believe this is something like to be of concern. I don't know if it's all connected to the coronavirus or this, or, um, you know, people are saying it's not necessarily connected to this virus, but it is actually connected to, to some of these deaths that are happening. I don't know. But um, I do believe there should be uh, more testing done. I'd like to hear more from the scientists who have questioned it, even in mainstream press. They, it's like, no, 5G is safe. Them, blah 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 just you know a handful of scientists are questioning it and trying to raise um raise the alarm or trying to bring more information this is kind of mentioned kind of casually and i think like well i would like to hear more from those scientists and have a little bit more of like both sides presented so also the public can be part of this conversation and decision and and awareness and once again it's like so much information <laughs> and to really believe anything I'd have to go and do my own research and then oh it's like once again like where do I want to put my time and attention like this is this is a lot and so yeah this is just I guess my processing and my experience but I come back to feeling a lot more at ease with my body as that is the most important thing taking care of my spirit my emotions um not getting getting caught up in paranoia um, or hysteria but staying kind of awake and aware of different people's um you know different people's theories there's also you know the a common theory that it came from the exotic animal market in wuhan and that's disgusting in itself and just shows you know shows how like how far we've gone as humans against nature like that is so dark to me like just to think of these animals put into cages and uh, anyway um so it wouldn't be surprising if a virus came from that there's also people talking about the amount of glyphosate being sprayed in wuhan and that also being uh and also across china and seeing the correlation to 
to the virus and, um, you know, a whole other gamut of theories. Um, but again, I, I kind of waded through all of this and I don't know, I don't know if I needed to or if I should have, but I, I did. And it's, I guess my, again, I'm interested in the truth of things and, and learning and understanding situations, but come back to what is really useful at this time and, uh, really, really seeing this moment as an opportunity to be, um, to vision, to dream, to witness where we can move into as humanity, what needs to change and shift, what needs to fall away, and what we can um, do when we come out of this to yeah, adapt and be creative. Because yes, our business might fail, we may have to begin again, but nothing is lost. None of our, exp I mean, <laughs> physical things can be lost, finances can be lost, like, okay, things can be lost, but nothing from our experience, our knowledge, our wisdom can be lost. And I've had many failings. I've had many, I'd say, small and some slightly feeling bigger failings. And when I look back, I'm like, oh, thank God that happened <laughs> because it taught me something. And it's hard to know in the moment, especially when we're feeling it, we're feeling the chaos, we're feeling the destruction, we're feeling the death. Um, but I'm really, really working with this uh, emergence into spring. I'm here recording on Friday. So this is the first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere and working with this um, this understanding of the seasons. And so I had this kind of ritual of death the night before uh, the spring equinox and that was good I, I mean it was also intense I felt I felt a lot moving through me I felt like a sense of panic and then I, I was breathing through it and just allowing it to move through me the intensity I was getting so many waves uh, it was much like I mean I guess like giving birth where you're like you don't think you can handle it and then you find your way through it and it's like miraculous but um experiencing these intense waves and and then surrendering 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 accepting <laughs> this is the reality um allowing myself to be in the chaos in the uncertainty and then uh, as i came to wake up in the morning and saw the light of the new day and heard the birds and felt their spirit, felt their energy, I was reminded of this beauty, of this magic, again, of my child and seeing the world through his eyes. And today I was feeling a bit emotional again and I just like made myself this like cacao banana shake and it was like nearly like a child I was like treating myself <laughs> um it just felt like oh I just really need something chocolatey and um just that just doing that just for myself <laughs> no one else just making it for myself and like it felt so good and instantly brought a smile to my face and just made me ah like okay life can be sweet this is okay, this too shall pass. And with spring, I would really like to invite us all to use this energy of this season 
to to shape shift into the birds to rise up allowing our spirit to soar taking this higher wider perspective from up above allowing ourselves to feel free flight to allow the wind to carry us and to look down upon our lives upon the world and just to witness this from a different angle from that bird's eye view I invite you to do that now if you wish to just drop in with eyes closed. <sighs> just feeling that spirit soar, feeling your arms spread way wide, your wings opening up, unfurling towards the sky, and then feeling the breeze. And up, up high, just taking again that bird's eye view, looking upon the landscape, looking upon our life, where we are, where we have been, and where we are going, and just staying playful and curious to what we see on the horizon, what we show up in our vision. And if something doesn't appear immediately, maybe conjuring a beautiful vision for the world and for our life. What do we see on the horizon? What do we wish what are our deepest desires? Allowing them, seeing our whole life ahead of us, like our whole life, no matter what age you are, witnessing all the potential, be it, you know, many, many years to come or maybe just a year or a day, just witnessing how much is possible within that time and space, how much beauty, how much light, how much love, how much laughter, how much sorrow how much pain how we will continue walking through all the valleys up the mountain peaks and how we allow for that ebb and flow of our life and really opening up our mind as much as possible to imagine to imagine the world that we want to walk into this beautiful land that is allowed to breathe, you know, the amount of wildlife that has returned just in this short space of time from people not working and people being indoors. Like, how can we coexist better with this life, with this nature that is part of us, that sings to us, that speaks to us? How can we be in better relation? And focusing you know from our own viewpoint because we can easily judge others and the world and and all this all the systems but it really starts with us and there is no superiority in activism in in change in you know in learning how to do better like we're really here just to help one another because i mean I certainly cannot be superior. There's still so much work to be done within myself. And, you know, many experiences I've had in the past, I have to hold compassion for because uh, I just didn't know. I just didn't know better at the time. I should have done. I wish I did, but I didn't. I didn't do enough. And uh, I'm just continually learning and, and holding that compassion for myself. And so... Yeah, when I look at this point in time, I want to also deepen my practices. You know, for spring, I came and made an altar at the base of our tree, and I 
was like, how have I not been doing this lately? You know, how have I um, disconnected? And I had this whole story, like, I have to hide it from my son because he's going to mess it up. But in the last moment, I was like, no, I'm going to include him. And he, in the... <laughs> In the most sweetest way with the most respect like help place like the feathers we had found on the altar and like it was so beautiful and I was like how did I think about not including him in this like why did I think I had to separate this this is still a sickness that I am healing because the beauty of indigenous societies that I've been able to uh, learn with and learn of so far is that there is no separation. <laughs> we have such an adult-centric society, but we can really exclude our children. We wish they were quiet, put them in a corner, like feel like they're kind of <laughs> taking away from our, you know, our lives. And of course, also in indigenous communities, there's many people who consider your children, your ch their children, and you are never like burdened with it all. So also to offer compassion to us as parents because it's a lot like one-on-one -on -one, and it's a lot just like two-on-one -on -one. <laughs> this little ball of energy that wants to like constantly um have your attention and can be really infuriating <laughs> like demand one thing and then uh suddenly want something else and, and then you're trying to figure out like where the where can i put the boundaries here like what is just meeting your your healthy needs and what is like you just like bossing me about <laughs> really figuring that out right now but yeah I, this ceremony and ritual that I've you know transformed my life has made my life so much deeper if we're thinking about the deeper current it's like it's with the ritual and the ceremony it's with the drum it's with the dance it's with the sacred songs it's with circles it's with um this deepening of connection to nature and our bodies and i i i forgive myself again and again when i come away from it because i wasn't raised with that and so I am repeating these patterns. I'm repatterning um, my connection each and every time I come back. I was reminded last week, like, speak to your ancestors. And I realized, yeah, it had been a little bit of time that I had not spoken to them. Like, I had not acknowledged them. I had been dropping into deep states of meditation. I'd been connecting to myself and my breath. I had my, still had practices in place, but I wasn't, necessarily thinking of them or connecting to them and as soon as I did it was like this beautiful dialogue back and forth and um, remembering them remembering this as a practice to to deepen with and so this time in particular is reminding me that what I need to carry forward with my life and you know I have this sense of not getting to what I need to get to and not being able to complete what I need to complete and feeling behind and not feeling like I'm, I'm being as productive and, and all those things and and as soon as I release and I allow and once again like um, just be present to this time and, and just doing what I can and otherwise um, being in the flow <laughs> amazed 
again and again, there are miracles that arise. Like some miracles appear today. And I was like, I mean, I feel like a child <laughs> just thinking of them, you know. And my work has been guided to to learn with indigenous female elders, medicine women, to to learn with them, to record them, to uh, yeah, this is my work with Salsi Gathering, and it's it's completely guided. I I mean, it came through me; it comes with me. I I'm like constantly amazed by that work, um, and you know, ever since I arrived in Costa Rica. I've known of the indigenous, I, I, you know, friendly with some local indigenous people, um, bias, but I have not felt the right connection or the right invitation to meet with um, any uh, medicine women or, or indigenous female elders here. And what I've learned along my journey is not my job at any point with this work to force or impose or try to um to to get to them it's like uh, really undoing that sort of colonial mindset that is embedded in our society that we can just go and you know take and and um you know, pay for the experience and, and extract the knowledge. And we have to constantly undo that. And I, I see that as a huge part of my my personal work and really the work with all the women who uh, come to, to learn in this project and who come to be part of it. It's uh, it's all of our work. It's, it's really like the modern society. It's not even about necessarily race or... Um, cultural background if we're in the modern world we are affected by this mindset of modernity and civilized and and so on so constantly undoing that and then also um and you know in this modern society we just have this um just this complete dependency on convenience again um, assuming that we have the right to everything when we want it, as long as we can afford it, we can get it. Um, and, you know, time and time again, we'll meet with indigenous people. And of course, they have so much wisdom and insights they want to share with us and the world. But the vast amount of their knowledge is not for sale. It's not to be shared. It's not for anyone other than their own people. And I, I hear that again and again and again. And, um, I had these conversations with very beautiful, um, you know, I just say quote unquote modern women and, and men. And it's nearly like this, yeah, but I'm a good one. Like, I would love to learn, you know, these these secrets or this herbal medicine or, or, or so on. And um, they're very protective. And I think, again, rightly so. We don't have... I, I'm not interested in trying to extract any knowledge that's not freely given. And I'm not interested in trying to, like I had this experience back in Guatemala where um, I remember the, this this woman that I was um, sharing a room with for a while, she was like, I just want to get to these indigenous people. I want to get the real thing. And, da, da, da. and it occurred to me then, I was like, well, they might not want to meet you. You know, we don't have necessarily the right to these people. 
if we decide like I want the real deal or I want you know it has to be very much a natural thing it has to be an invitation this project and this work will only ever work through collaborations through our right relationships and I I guess I it's not even like any indigenous person it's like the truest wisdom keeper it's like the um the beautiful light the 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 woman who i don't know who's meant to be part of this work it's 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 all meant to be and so it has to feel like that it has to flow and so um anyway like i've been here for five years and i still have not found i had not found that right invitation and just this last six months i've just had so many clues like oh, i'm starting to feel like I'm on the right track, like something is happening, something's stirring. And then uh, just in the last weeks, I, I'm just experiencing many things. And then just today, oh, I've got this beautiful insight and, and saw immediately the pathway clearing to, um, yeah, to potentially working with a medicine woman here and, and, a, and, a, and a leader, an elder um, at some point in the future. I could start to see that in my vision and through this right meeting and relationship that really I don't know if it would have happened if we weren't in our regular sort of routines if she wasn't working and if I wasn't uh, you know caught up in my work and focusing on all the things I needed to do and so all of this is to say miracles are possible things uh, sometimes happen without us when, when we do less in fact that's been my you've heard me talk about this many times but it's amazing, amazing thing once you start to really, really allow in your life this, um, not just when it's forced upon you, but really allowing for these times. So repatterning from this moment in time, potentially of, of more rest or more time at home to carry that into our lives. And I'm, I'm really trying to vision that right now with a team and with the organization, because, you know, I've somehow been able to feel it in my own life. And one of my struggles has been really how to, like, even knowing what I need in a team, like realizing, you know, what kind of support do I really need? Like, um, what, like, what are the things I don't necessarily want to do? It's not really my forte. Like, what could I hire? Like, um, trying to really get clear on all this because I know it's coming. And and then how as a team to navigate this big body of work where you go through all the emotions you have to work through so many things when we're looking through the deep uh, past so much gets unearthed within us and then even just these meetings with indigenous elders uh, ancestral memories i think awaken we get maybe uncomfortable things uh, things become clear in our life that are not um that we've just kind of allowed or accepted that are not necessarily healthy or really how we want to live um so all these things it, 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 this is a work where we are not separate we are transformed as we do this work and so of course i've become used to that but i'm also trying to understand more and more how to support a team best with this and how can we also as an organization work with the seasons and the cycles and allowing for this time of integration so that we can all become wiser and not repeat mistakes and stay really clear on the direction we're going and you know using this space and time in the east to vision and dream and to 
allow for other people to, you know, express their visions and their dreams for the project um, as I open it up more and more to to others because again it's made of collaboration it's uh, never meant to be just mine but it's taken me really some time to get clear on yeah who is really needed to be part of it and to not kind of um to be clear on on the intention and the purpose of it because i think um, i've had people attracted to the idea of it but maybe had a different intention for it or had a different yeah vision for it and then that like necessarily like fell apart didn't work because um yeah it's it's still got to be guided um and led by this this higher vision and this higher power that i i know and i can see and i i have to um yeah allow for the support to show up in the right way so anyway this is what i'm working with at this time as i move into spring deepening again all my practices you know it's only in times of yeah great uncertainty change disruption uh fear Excited that our tools become necessary and the more work we can do with ourselves the more we can support others and I've seen that I've seen that so beautifully you know like just one person like showing up with calm to a situation and that influencing everyone around them to drop into their body and to feel ease again to know it's okay like we need um, all to show up as leaders in our own life to be the example and that is not not feeling once again we have to feel our feelings we have to move through it all you know as healers um, you need to process all of the things that you can support others in theirs and it's like I heard someone say yeah you know oh yeah it was in a recent interview I did with um, a medicine woman Sangoma Priestess Gogo Akaya Seaman, that interview will be released soon on our other podcast and on the Saucy Gathering House. Um, but yeah, she mentioned like going to see a therapist who had not experienced what she had experienced was not helpful. They were just, their knowledge was from a book. And, you know, she describes so beautifully how when we have experiences painful or um, difficult, it becomes part of our medicine bag. It becomes part of our ability to help others. And I was talking about my miscarriage and how, how really it opened up this huge well of compassion for other women who have experienced that in ways that I couldn't have reached that level of compassion before experiencing it myself and so once again honoring us all in our experiences know that your experience is worthy um never feel alone um we have to do the work ourselves but we cannot do it alone so remembering that again and again finding that right support in your own life and yeah let me know if you have anything you need to speak to you can reach out to me um especially through these these difficult times like i think it's important to know where we can reach out and and lean into my my sessions are open again and you know all the things that i've spoken about i'm here to lend support um and share the you know what i've learned through my experience to be honest with what i'm still working with and this is it this is it 
this is the deep work this is the deeper current we're in it um thank you once again for joining me um, i'd love to hear from you what you're going through your experiences your feedback i and honestly say just like <laughs> receiving some of your messages is just like so uplifting it helps remind me i'm not just speaking into empty space um to hear that some of you are like you know feel like you're having a conversation with me when you're listening to me is really cool and i'm just i'm honored that you hear this podcast and that you um yeah that it's also been supportive in in ways and um really uh refreshing and nourishing to some of you so yeah thank you because it just helps me keep going and i'm i'm honestly grateful cuz this is the first moment in the day where i get to just be in my own space and <laughs> so this podcast is also myself and my kind of um moment to just kind of integrate and and share my experiences it's really helpful um so yeah thank you for being part of this if you have anything again you would like me to speak to let me know um really here to be with you on this path on this journey and so yeah and so it is sending so much love to wherever you are in the world <laughs>